of a message this morning is for myself. The name of the, the title of the message is simply Listen. And I've come to realize that I'm not a very good listener. Sometimes I feel like I don't know very well how to hear the heart of the Father or how to hear the heart of my friends, maybe my family. So this morning, I'd like to just fill you in on the study that I've been, that I did when I looked at this. As I looked at this, how? Does listening affect us? How to be a good listener? Let's turn to Ecclesiastes 5. We'll read two verses here. Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 and 2. And these verses are in the context of worship, but I believe they're applicable to all of life. And there's a comparison in these verses. Hearing as in being compared to the sacrifice of fools. You have hearing or you have the sacrifice of fools in these two verses. Let's read these verses. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be few. Listen. Listen more than we talk. So what is this sacrifice of fools? We kind of understand what listening is. What is the sacrifice of fools? There's a saying that my dad used to tell me, used to say, he said, it is much better to be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. It's very easy for us to do that, for me, to speak when I shouldn't, when I should be listening, and to make my, help my, my people realize I really don't know what I'm talking about. He actually calls, in this verses, he actually calls this sacrifice of fools sin. Look at the end of verse 1. For they consider not that they do evil. Verse 2. Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Let your words be few. Listen. There's an example in Scripture of someone who was guilty of the sacrifice of fools. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 15. I'm actually going to spend a good bit of time in this story this morning. 1 Samuel 15, I'd like to read the first three verses. And then we'll jump down to verse 7 and read it 23. But as we read, I want to make some comments. 
1 Samuel 15, verse, verses 1. And in this verse, you'll see the word hearken. And this hearken is the same, is a synonym for listen. Paying attention to what somebody else is saying. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. So we see here that God wanted the Amalekites and everything connected to them utterly destroyed. That's what Saul should have heard and obeyed. Hearken to the word of the Lord. Listen and hearken both have the same meaning of hearing and obeying or applying what you hear. Listen or hearken. Understand what's being said and obey it. We'll find that Saul did not do that. So let's continue reading at verse 7. Chapter 15, verse 7. And we'll read down to verse 13 at this point. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, that is, over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and is gone about and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou, the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Did you hear the sacrifice of fools? I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Saul said something there that was not true. But he wanted to impress Samuel. And he spoke out of place and said something that was dishonest. He gave the sacrifice of a fool in that moment. Now let's read verses 14 and 15. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from Amalekites, from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. So we look at those verses, what do we see happening? The fool will always try to justify his failures and his mistakes, and he'll always try to make himself look good. And that's what Samuel's, or Saul's doing here. He had messed up. 
But he was shifting the blame to somebody else, trying to make himself look good. Let's read verse 16 to 17. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said, he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? Let's look at verse 17. When thou wast little in thine own sight. It is much easier to listen when we are small in our own eyes. As I made this, as I did this study, over and over this comes up. Pride keeps us from truly hearing the heart of other people. It keeps us from truly listening both to God and to others when we're more focused on me than on someone else. As I look at my own life and my own failure to be a good listener, pride and self-centeredness are normally what keep me from truly hearing someone else and maybe even God at times. Could we say that pride closes our ears to others, I believe I could say that. It does to me. Have you ever heard a statement, something like, that person just likes to hear himself talk? That kind of person is focused on himself, not on someone else. There's a place to talk. There's a place to share our heart. There's a place to communicate who we are and what we feel. But what's our focus in a relationship? Is it me or is it the other person? Look at verses 20 to 21. I'm sorry, let's read verses 18 to 21. Then I want to look at verses 20 and 21. Starting with 18. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. We see Saul shifting blame. The fool will normally try to shift the blame to someone else instead of owning his own mistakes. We can check our own selves by what we're learning in here. Do I try to blame others for my failures? And I'm talking in our heart. Do even in our heart, when something, when we realize that we've made a mistake or that we are weak in some area, do we automatically, do we own it and say, I need to change? Or do we say, well, it's, it's somebody else. They, they're not doing what they should do. Or, or it's, it's, whose fault is it? Let's read on. Verses 22 and 23. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey 
is better than sacrifice, and to hearken or to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. God isn't looking for someone that says all the right words. He's not looking for someone who looks like he has it all right. He's looking for someone who listens and obeys. And Saul missed it. So what was the outcome of Saul's refusal to listen? End of verse 28. He lost the kingdom. But he also lost something else. Let me read that again. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from, from thee this day, and hath given it to thy neighbor, to a neighbor of thine, that is better than thou. Samuel, or Saul lost his kingdom. But there's something else, if we, if we continue to read this chapter, that he lost also. Let's look at verse 35. Let's jump down to verse 35. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day... Of his death. Samuel lost a friend, a mentor, the only real spiritual guidance he had because of his failure to listen. The high cost of being too proud to listen. Self centered people seldom have long-lasting, deep relationships. They're too focused on themselves to care deeply about others. They don't have time to stop and truly listen to those around them. And so their relationships never get below skin deep. They never get to the heart. There's a character in this story that we've been talking about that was a good listener. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 2, verse 35. 1 Samuel 2, verse 35. And I want to read verse 35, and then we'll jump down to um, chapter 3 and verses one, read verses 1 to 10. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a pure house and he shall walk before me, before mine anointed, forever. Now let's read verses, let's read uh, chapter 3 verses 1 to 10. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. 
And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called us at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Samuel was a good listener. If we give a little bit of the backstory, most of us know the story, but Eli and his sons, well, Eli's sons were extremely wicked, very wicked men. And God was taking the priesthood away from Eli because Eli did not deal with the sin in his own house. And he's raising up Samuel to fill that spot. We don't know how old Samuel was at this plate at this time. But we do know that he listened. He heard when he heard God, he responded. So what was the result in Samuel's life of being a good listener? When God spoke, Samuel listened. What was the result? Let's jump down to verse 19. Chapter 3, verse 19. And we'll read uh, verses 19 and 20. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. You know, Samuel didn't need to prove who he was to anyone. Because he listened to God, the entire nation knew that Samuel was called to be the next prophet. A person that truly listens to God and to others, will not need to prove who they are to anyone. In fact, they'll be, normally, will be someone who takes the opposite approach to life. A backseat. Someone who's a servant. Let's look at an example of Samuel's listening year later on in life. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 16. We'll read verses 1 to 13. And this is picking the story back up right where we left off earlier. As we read, think about how Samuel listened to and obeyed God. And we'll look at the, resu- at the results. Let's read for Samuel 16, verses 1 to 13. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. 
But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as the man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then said Jesse, Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for he, or we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and with all of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. There's a couple of lessons in this story that I'd like to look at. First one is found in verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance. Looks are deceiving. To know someone, we have to really listen to their heart. We have to find out what's inside. There was all these brothers of David that looked like they would be a great leader. But God was looking at the heart. So Samuel listened. He listened to God first of all. The second lesson is found in verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. The second lesson is because Samuel listened to God, the Spirit of God came upon David from that day forward. When we truly listen to people, and we hear their heart. First of all, truly listening to God and following the leading of His Spirit. But then we listen to people and hear their heart. There's a lasting positive effect on them and probably on us. A truly good listener affects everyone they come in contact with, who they really hear, who, has a, who is their friend. There's one person that specifically comes to mind in my life and everybody that I know of that knows that person appreciated that person to the core truly hearing people is an art something that I need to learn so what do we, so we've been talking about listening to God Samuel mostly listened and the lessons we're taking from him is how he listened to God what about people? How do we become a good listener to people? Someone who is easy for others to share their heart with. So maybe you've got someone that popped into your mind that's being a good listener. What's that person like? How do they treat you? What's their focus when talking to you? And probably more important than anything, what is their view of themselves? 
I'd like to take a look at one example from the one who is a perfect example of listening. The one who truly hears our hearts. And guys, we had our, in our Sunday school class this morning. I planned this sermon before we had our Sunday school class. Well, let's turn to John 8. We'll read verses 1 to 11. I didn't wade into the conversation then because I knew you'd hear my hear what God laid on my heart now. John 8, verses 1 to 11. We talked about this scenario in class this morning. I want to read this, these verses. Jesus went up, I'm sorry, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. If only we could listen like Jesus. Jesus listened in this example, probably in ways that we really don't have the ability to because he could, he could truly see their hearts. But Jesus listened. He listened to the scribes and Pharisees and he heard their accusations. They were true accusations. Accusations that could not be denied. This woman was caught in the very act of adultery. They had sin to deal with and they were on it. But Jesus, listening, went far beyond their words. He heard their heart of self-righteousness, pride, and condemnation. They did not bring this adulterous woman out of a plea for help for her. They wanted to use her to trap him, and in so doing, make their position better. Make themselves look better. Once again, this underlying problem of pride pops up. It's what was keeping these men, pride was what was keeping these men from really listening to Jesus. It was what kept them from understanding that he was the Messiah that they had looked for for so long. They had not learned to really listen. But Jesus also heard someone else in the story. Jesus heard the heart of that adulteress. There was no pride standing in the way for her. There was nothing but brokenness and guilt. She didn't need to say anything, but Jesus heard her heart. Sometimes that's the best listening we can do. 
when we can hear somebody's heart. Jesus was much more interested in what was in the heart of each one involved in this account. And he still is that way today. He didn't need to use a lot of words to convince either the scribes and Pharisees or the adulterous woman because they all knew he had heard their heart. And they were convicted to the core. And we could take a lesson from Jesus how he handled the situation. First of all, he heard the whole situation before he judged. Do we truly hear the hearts of those around us before we give advice or respond to them? So often we answer someone. I guess I'm speaking for myself. So often I answer someone according to my own feelings. Or maybe my answer is tainted because of how it will make me look. But am I truly listening to the heart of the other individual? Is the other individual more important to me than my own reputation? Jesus had no thought for his own reputation in this passage. This is a little bit what we were talking about this morning. This was so out of the ordinary for a human, for a person to... What Jesus did there was so out of the ordinary. He had no thought for his own reputation in this account. For him to side and to vindicate this adulterous woman pretty much just cut him off from the religious community. He was willing to side with this woman and grant her forgiveness when the law said she should be stoned. What would I have done if I had been in Jesus' shoes? Would I have listened to such a wicked person? Would I have heard her heart? Or would I have sided with the self-righteous scribes and Pharisees? Because they had it right. The law was on their side. It's easy to look back at the scribes and Pharisees and see how their pride kept them from listening. But what about me? How might pride affect my ears today? So I want to think about that just a little bit. How do I respond when someone brings an accusation against me? And I'm not talking about just in church life. I'm talking about anywhere that we relate with people. Whether it's work at home, at school, anywhere where we have the potential for conflict, what's our response when we are addressed? Or maybe our response when we hear of some other conflict. What is my response to an accuser? Do we really hear them? Or does our pride give us an answer long before they're done talking? One of the ways that we can check ourselves is this. Do I formulate an answer or a defense before I've heard the other person completely and really understand their heart? 
Is my goal in any conflict to prove myself right or innocent, or is it to understand the root of the conflict and bring true reconciliation? Am I more concerned about me or the other person? Is pride closing my ears? If pride is closing my ears, my focus will be on myself. Let's look into our own hearts and motives and ask yourself a few more questions. Do I read God's word looking for excuses or am I truly listening to what God would want want of me? What he's trying to tell me? When I relate with people, am I more concerned that they are impressed with me and my knowledge? Or do I want to know them and their story? Where is my subconscious focus? Is it myself or is it the other person? What governs my response to others? Is it my pride or is it the love of Jesus like he showed to the adulterers? As I've studied this subject, one thing has become very clear to me. I cannot be focused on myself and the other person at the same time. Either I will be self-focused or others-focused like Jesus was. A good listener will be humble, loving, and kind, just like Jesus. Always considering others ahead of themselves. Oh, that I might be like the Master, a good listener. Let's have a song.